Clemens, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, called a zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. And of course, last week, uh, Peter, we looked at Peter, lessons from him. Did you enjoy that last week? Uh, now, now, you notice last week there was an anointing on that. Now, there'll be a different anointing on this today. How many knows what anointing is? Does anybody, do you know what? The power of God. Okay, it'd just be a different flow today. All right. Last week it was Peter. Today we're going to look at lessons from John. Next week we're going to do Judas Iscariot. Can we learn lessons from a betrayer? Absolutely. I think some of the, some, some interesting lessons I think that we're going to learn from Judas next week. He was a thief. You know that, don't you? He was a devil. And uh, we, we can learn some things, some things not to do, right? A lot of times we're talk, we talk about things we should do. A lot of times we need to look at things we shouldn't do. Is that right? Okay. So, so interesting things next week on Judas Iscariot. And then I think I'm going to do one final message talking about the remaining nine. We won't get all of them because there's not that much given on them, on some of them. But there is some given on like Thomas. How many of you know we can learn some lessons from Thomas and... And some, so you'll see when we get there. So, so, so anyway, today, lessons from John. He's known as the apostle of love, but he didn't start out that way. He did not start out that way. He became the apostle of love. So the lesson from John today is to find out just how he became the apostle of love so that we can also be disciples of Jesus and disciples of love. How many of you would want to be a disciple of love? And Jesus said by this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. So what's the lesson today? It's, it's, it's to learn how to become a disciple of love. Now notice in Mark three seventeen, Jesus changes, or he didn't change their names, but he called them, notice Mark 3, 17, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, they were brothers, James and John, to whom Jesus gave the name Boangres, Boangres, however you say that, that is what? Sons of thunder. Now, it's interesting, if you look at that, look at that, Bo, bo angries, bo angries, bo angries. How, how do you say it? All right, but but look at the middle of that word. Look at the root middle of that word. A. See where the A is. A N. Now, what if you move the G in between the N and the E? A N. G. E R. Now, now, are you getting the point, what I'm trying to say? Forget about how, how to pronounce it now. Forget about that. A-N, what if you move the G between the N and the E? Let's spell it. A-N-G-E-R. Do you see that? And, and what does A-N-G-E-R spell? Anger. Anger. Anger, sons of thunder, you see anger, 
The word thunder, actually boangeres in the Greek means commotion. Have you ever seen somebody that caused commotion? It also means agitation. Have you ever seen anybody that can agitate a situation? And the word thunder means to roar or to rage. Now, one way of looking at this is that you could look at this from a positive note and say that, that, you know, James and John were sons of thunder and they're going to do mighty things and all of that. Yeah, you can look at it that way and there's a truth there, certainly. But you can also look at this from the standpoint as they had some angry, anger issues. Have you ever met anybody that's had anger issues? Have you ever had anger issues? Hot-tempered. Have you ever met somebody that's hot-tempered? Fly off the handle. Any fly off the handle people in here? Enraged, and and then after they do it, they feel badly about it. But, huh? I've watched, I've watched grown men. Uh, you know, born again, spirit-filled, leaders of of notable ministries. If you want to say, I think every ministry that God calls is notable, by the way. Uh, forgive me for saying that. I shouldn't have said that. Because when I say notable ministries, that implies some ministries are not notable. And all ministries called of the Lord Jesus Christ are notable and significant. Did you, how many got what I just said? Is it okay if the Holy Ghost corrects me right in front of you? So I've watched ministers of the gospel, born again, spirit-filled, beat, be, beat things with their golf club because they hit a bad shot, or beat things with their tennis racket because they hit a bad shot, or, or, or something doesn't go right when they're working on the car. Now, I've never seen this with a preacher, but I've seen people get mad and scream and yell and go on. Hot-tempered, angry. Am I the only one that deals with this from time to time? I've gotten a lot better. I, I had a chance to play tennis yesterday, and, and when I was playing, I, I, I missed a shot, and, 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 and I shouldn't have missed it. And I, and I lost the game, and on the changeover, I took the racket and just whapped the ball into the net, you know. Shouldn't have done that. Had to repent. John had some anger issues, temper issues. The man that became the apostle of love, that's our lesson today, to find out how he became that. He had some anger issues, fly off the handle issues, moments of rage. Let me show you in Scripture, Luke 9, verse 52. Luke 9, 52. So Jesus sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they, the Samaritans, did not receive Jesus because his face was set to journey to Jerusalem. The the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along, didn't speak to one another. 
But here's, here's the thing. That city did not receive Jesus. Look at verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw, no, James and John, there's John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Now, is that a hot temper, angry issue right there? Think about what he's wanting done. I want you to, what, what is he wanting done? He wants fire to come down and consume. Kill him. Let's kill him, Lord. Now, would you ever thought that about John? He's saying, let's call fire down. Let's call, Lord, let's call, you want us to call, let's call fire down on this. Burn, just burn them up, just burn them. Wow. Anger issues, hot tempered. It can be overcome, and he overcame it. We'll show you how in just a moment. Then, not only that, but John was a clickish, a clickish person. You know what I mean when I say click? What that means is we got our little group over here, and we're not going to let anybody else in. We don't want them in our group. They're not part of us. We don't want them with us. They don't act like we act. They don't look like we look. We don't want them to be a part of us. We don't want them to... I saw this teaching when I taught school in the cafeteria. You know, the different students, particularly the girls, would have little cliques. You'd have five or six girls, and, and, and they would, I mean, you come to sit down on, at their table, they're going to just expel you. Absolutely. Has anybody ever seen that besides me or similar things, you know? And you see it, you see it around churches, and I've seen it around churches over the years. We got our little, we got our little group that we, and, and, and nobody else could, you know, be a part. We see that John and his brother James, we're talking about John here, cliquish, perhaps a snob. If you study into their lives a little bit more, they were from a pretty well-to-do family and were perhaps, John and James were perhaps spoiled. Perhaps spoiled little brats. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, we're talking about a man who became the apostle of love. He didn't start out that way. The lesson is to learn how to go from what he was to what he became. Let me show you Luke 9, verse 49. John, there he is, answered and said to Jesus, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. One version says he's not one of us. Other versions say it this way, he's not part of our group. We forbade him because he's not part of one of our, he's not part of our little group. I mean, John would have been among Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, and Blitzen. 
Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, and John. Why do I say that? Because remember those eight reindeer? They weren't going to let somebody join into any of their reindeer games. Who were they ostracizing? Rudolph. Rudolph. We're not going to let, we don't want him because his nose looks different. We don't want him to be a part of us. You stay over there, Rudolph. And then, of course, they put the coal on his nose or whatever that was or the cover. Remember? How many remember that? He spoke like he had a cold and he left Clarice and wound up with, uh, with Herbie and Yukon Cornelius. Remember him? How many remembers him? And, and, and the abominable snowman. How many remembers that from the cartoon? Did you ever watch Rudolph? Every year. Every year and, and, and Bumble's Bounce and all of that, you know. And, and, but then all of a sudden they needed old Rudolph, didn't they? And then when Santa accepted him, everybody else was, well, you know, it's a little funny story, but, but, uh, but is it a good illustration? That's what John was. We don't want him in our group. Unless he conforms to what we're, you know, then we don't. We're talking about a man who became the apostle of love, but you don't see much love right there, do you? Going to call down fire, burn them up, kill them. And then in this case here, we don't want, they're they're not following with us, we we forbid him. And then look at Mark, the 10th chapter, we're going to see that John lacked and his brother, they lacked humility. Lacked humility. Mark ten thirty five. Very prideful. Lacked humility. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. Now, all the disciples, they would argue amongst themselves on on frequent occasions, even at the Last Supper, of who was going to be the greatest. So they all had a problem with this, and they disputed and argued about who would be the greatest. They all wanted to be the greatest. But here you see a a special instance of it where James and John, and actually they they, they got Jesus, if you read on, you'll see they got Jesus by himself and said, give us whatever we want, you know. Well, what do you want? We want to sit one on your right hand, one on the left. That lacks humility, doesn't it? And then when they couldn't, when they couldn't get 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 it, remember we said they were from a well-to-do family, you know, an upper what we consider upper class. (laughs) I think we ought to treat everybody the same, don't you? But upper class. And then when they couldn't get if when they couldn't get Jesus. To grant that to them, they went and got mommy. I said they went and got mommy. He won't grant it to us, so we're going to go get our mom. Very likely that, his, their, their, that their mom was putting money into Jesus' ministry, which is a good thing. We're going to get mommy. Now, I'm speculating here, but... Right now, is it okay if I speculate just a moment? 
We're going to get mommy. He won't do it for us, so we're going to get mommy. I'll give you scripture in a moment. We're going to get mommy to go ask him, and if he doesn't do it, maybe mommy will stop giving money to the ministry. I can't prove that, but it's possible. Something to think about. I cannot prove it. Now look at Matthew 20 for this. Because Matthew, you've got to put Matthew, this is what we're learning on Wednesday nights among many, many other things. You've got to put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together to get the full picture. Look at this, Matthew 20, verse 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down. Now they're, knee, now they're on their knees. <laughs> Asking something from him. He said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left of your kingdom. Do you see a, a, a humility problem here? A lack of humility, a prideful thing. Do you? I do. So, what have we learned about John? He had, he had some anger issues, temper issues. Is that right? Click, clickish, and lack humility. How did he become the apostle of love? Here's the lesson we want to learn. It's found in John 13. John 13, verse 21, at the Last Supper, at the Last Supper, John 13, 21, at the Last Supper, when Jesus had said these things, so he said some things to him, and talking about, you know, the betrayer, and he was troubled in spirit, testified to them, most assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Now underline leaning on his bosom and whom Jesus loved. Well, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about whom Jesus loved here in just a moment. But for right now, uh, when the Bible says here, we're in John's gospel account, whom Jesus loved, all scholars agree, 100% accuracy, that, that this disciple whom Jesus loved was John, okay? And so, who was leaning on Jesus' chest? John. Huh? John. Now, when you, put your, when you lean on someone's chest and you put, your, you put your head on somebody's chest, what can you hear in there? You can hear what? Bump, bump. But you hear the heartbeat, right? John, how did he become the disciple, the apostle of love? He stayed so close to Jesus, so close, in fact, that he had his head leaning on his chest, which was a custom of the way they dined back there in that day, and and and, and, and is totally totally appropriate. He was so close to Jesus, he had his head, his ear right up where he could hear the heartbeat of Jesus. How did John go from being what he was to what he became, the apostle of love? He stayed so close to Jesus that he could hear his heartbeat. And when you hear the heartbeat of Jesus, it'll transform your life. And that's the lesson that we need to learn today. Stay so close to Jesus that you can hear his heartbeat. You see, let's go back now just briefly. Remember when John wanted to call down fire 
Back in Luke 9, verses 55 to 56, let's see how Jesus responded to that. We just talked about, let's see how he responded when John wanted to call down fire. Luke, Luke 9, 55, Jesus turned and rebuked them, rebuked John and his brother and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. See, here John was called down fire, but Jesus gives him his heartbeat. You see that? John heard the heartbeat of Jesus. He was so close to him. He, he, you know, th- this must have affected him. And he was the only, you know, John's the only one of the gospel writers to write about the woman caught in adultery. And remember, they wanted to stone her, and Jesus said, He who among you, he who is among you without sin, cast the first stone. How many remembers that? You remember? He's the only one to write about her. Did you know Jesus was the only one there according to the word of God and the word he spoke? He was the only one there without sin who could have stoned her and he didn't do it. He didn't condemn her. That's got to affect John, doesn't it? He also was the only disciple to write about those who followed Jesus only for the loaves. And Jesus, knowing that people were following him, not because they loved Jesus, not because of... They only followed Jesus because he was going to give them food. Jesus knew that, but yet he was moved with compassion and fed them anyway. See, John would have wanted to consume them. Lord, and I would have been right there with John saying, Lord, you know, they're just after you for the food. Forget about the, forget about the coffee and the donuts. We want you. We want the power of God. Let's consume these people. I'd have been right there with John. But I need to hear the heartbeat of Jesus too, don't you? And Jesus knew that, and yet he was moved with compassion and fed them anyway. Did you get what I just said there? Did you follow what I said? If you didn't, I want to say it again. If, 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 if people are just coming to church for coffee and donuts, I'm opposed to that. We come to church for Jesus, right? But I would stand up here and say, Lord, they're just here for the coffee and the donuts. I, I want them to come because they love you. But yet, what would Jesus do? He would give them what? Coffee and donuts. And then I'd have to, I would have to learn from that, become more compassionate. And we should come for Jesus, not coffee and donuts. Say Amen. But but we need to show love towards people. No matter where they're at in their spiritual development. Is that right? And then this clickish thing. How did Jesus respond to that? What did John see? Look at Luke 9.50. Remember John said, we saw him casting out demons, but he doesn't follow with us. We forbid him to do it. We tried to shut his ministry down because he wasn't part of... Oh, that's a good way to say it. We tried to shut his ministry down because he wasn't part of our denomination. You know Jesus was a Southern Baptist, don't you? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm teasing, teasing. A lot of people are shocked to find out that Jesus didn't speak in Elizabethan English. Some people say you've got to use that King James only, you know. 
But really, that's what they were saying. He's not part of our denomination, right? He doesn't follow with us. We're going to shut his ministry down. Was the man doing good in the name of Jesus? Yes. He was casting out demons in the name of Jesus, right? But John's going to shut him down because he's not part of our denomination. But look at this, Luke 9.50. Jesus said to, to him, Do not forbid him. Don't forbid that man that's over there casting out demons in my name. For he who is not against us is on our side. John heard that. He heard that heartbeat of Jesus. He watched Jesus. And listen to this. John watched Jesus minister to those of other races and outcasts of society. He watched Jesus minister to the Syrophoenician woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Bartimaeus, the maniac of Gadara, lepers and others. People that John would have probably just not even messed with them. But Jesus ministered to him. John saw that. He heard the heartbeat of Jesus. And then the lacking humility in Mark 10. How did Jesus respond to that? When, when John and James wanted to be exalted to the right hand, left hand of Jesus. Notice Mark 10 verse 43. Start partway into that verse. Jesus, said, Jesus says, But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave or servant of all. For even the Son of Man, Jesus speaking of himself, did not come to be served but to serve. And you see, John heard Jesus' heartbeat. The Bible says Jesus made himself of no reputation. John wanted a reputation, didn't he? Him and his brother. One at the right hand, one at the left of Jesus. But do you know that when John, now listen to me, when John wrote... He wrote the Gospel of John, and he wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation does not bear his name, and John does refer to himself by name in the book of Revelation, but did you know in the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, all the books that bear John's name, he never mentions himself by name, not one time. He heard the heartbeat of Jesus and he got to a place where he didn't need name recognition. He didn't need it. He didn't desire it. He learned to be humble, didn't he? And then as it goes on, John also observed Jesus being betrayed by Judas with a kiss, yet Jesus called Judas friend. He also observed Observed the servant, you know, when Peter cut off the, the high, servant high priest's ear, remember that? And Jesus healed, healed it. Because that guy came out to take Jesus. And, 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 and there he gets his ear cut off. And Jesus, right in the middle of that tumult, Jesus heals the guy's ear. See, John saw that. And, and then Jesus being falsely accused, beaten, spit upon, beard plucked, mocked, crowned with thorns and reviled. Jesus did not revile again nor threatened back. See, John, John observed a lot of that. And Jesus hanging on the cross. And, what is, uh, what, and we know John was there because Jesus turned his m- mother over to John. And what does he see or hear Jesus say? Father, what? Forgive them for they know not what they do. Remember that? He heard the heartbeat of Jesus. That's the lesson we need to learn. Stay so close to Jesus you could hear his heartbeat. It'll change you from what John was into what he became. 
Now you might say, well, Pastor Terry, wait a minute. John had Jesus there in person to listen to his heartbeat, but what about us? We don't have Jesus here in the flesh. Well, the Bible says, it teaches us that Jesus is the what? The Word made flesh. So we may not have Jesus here in person, but if you have a Bible, you can put your ear to the Bible, can you not? And you can, you can start reading the Bible and, and hear the heartbeat of Jesus, just like John did. We may not have Jesus in person, but we've got him here in, in written form, if you will. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and put your, keep your ear close to the Bible. Read the Bible. Study the Bible. And if we'll keep our, our ear close to the Bible, we'll, 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 we'll learn things like treat your neighbor as yourself. Work no ill to your neighbor. Speak ill of no one. Do unto others the way you'd have them do unto you. When you're wronged, turn the other cheek and forgive. When someone asks you for help, do your best to help them. Don't hold a grudge. When you're compelled to go one mile, go two. Be patient and kind. Don't be envious. Don't boil over with jealousy. Don't be boastful or prideful. Don't be conceited. Don't talk about yourself all the time. You know, there's some people, that's all they do is talk about themselves all the time. There's some people, don't be like this now. They'll be in a friendship with somebody. And, uh, and, and the one person is talking about themselves all the time. This other person's listening. And then this other person who's done all the listening for years goes through a hard time. Now, listen to me. They go through a hard time and they need somebody to talk to. And when they get around this person over here, guess what this person still does? Talking about themselves. Don't even ask. Don't even ask about how this person over here is doing. We've, my wife and I, we've watched this for years. What does that, what is that, what is that teach you? This person over here is doing all the talking. They need to, they need to, they need to, uh, hear the heartbeat of Jesus, don't they? And stop talking about yourself all the time and be consumed with your own situation and start sowing some things into your friends and your situations will start going better. You'll hear from the Word of God, don't be rude. Don't insist on your own way. Don't be self-seeking. Don't be touchy or easily offended. Don't rejoice at injustice. Rejoice when right and truth prevail. Believe the best of everyone. That's what you hear when you keep your ear close to this book. Stay close enough to Jesus that you can hear His heartbeat. It's only by staying close to Jesus through His written word, close enough we can hear His heartbeat, that our hearts will stay, become soft and stay soft. And as we march to the, you know, you ever heard a saying, march to the beat of a drum? Well, we need to learn as Christians to march to the beat of Jesus' heart. And like John, we'll be known as disciples of love. And that's important because love never fails. Now, in conclusion, I just just briefly want to say this. The lesson we learned is how do we how do we go from what John was to what he became? We hear what the heartbeat of Jesus. But another lesson from John is this. Now, listen carefully. On four occasions in the Gospel of John, what do we tell you? He never referred to himself by name, but listen carefully. 
he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Here's a major lesson we need to learn from John. If you're taking notes, please write this down. We need, to, including me, we need to all get a better revelation that Jesus loves us. Did you hear me? And in fact, John wrote in John the 17th chapter, he recorded Jesus' prayer to the Father that, that he said that they may come to know Father, that you love them, talking about believers, as much as you love me. In other words, Jesus said that, that God the Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Yes. Most people, Christians, born again, spirit-filled, don't really believe that. I mean, they, they, you, they don't, okay, they believe it that Jesus said it, but they don't have a revelation of it. And we have to get a revelation, and I'm at the top of the list. We have to get a revelation. We, I mean, I'm, I, I need a deeper revelation is what I'm trying to say. That God loves me. And He loves you. And He loves us. Remember the old saying, He loves us just the way we are. But He loves us too much to leave us this way. So that's why he works on us. And that's why he has a pastor like me stand up here stepping on your toes once in a while. The disciple whom Jesus loved. We must learn this lesson from John. He had a revelation. Remember last week, Jesus was asking Peter three times, do you love me? But here the lesson we learn from John is, John knew that Jesus what? Loved him. And I dare say that most Christians don't really have a deep revelation of that. As they should. Many do. Would you agree with me? We could always get a better revelation of that, a deeper revelation. Could you write down, I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. Could you do that? Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Let's get that revelation. And uh, some of us, I, 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 I feel myself going back to my days in, in teaching junior high when I made, made kids write sentences. So I'm going to make you write some sentences. hundred times. I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. That'd be a good, that'd be, that wouldn't be punishment, that'd be a good thing. Yes, well, I don't know how to write. Well, then get a computer and type it a hundred times. <laughs> and don't, yeah. And then the final lesson, look at, look at Acts 4.13. you getting anything out of this? Oh, yeah. I told you, there's a different flow of things today, isn't there? This is so good. And actually, this is a lesson we get from Peter and John. We talked about Peter last week, but John today. Acts 4.13. And when they saw the boldness, these were the people standing around, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, the religious leaders and whatnot, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Jesus. 
And, 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 and to, to get this point across, you have to go to Mark 3, and then we'll close. Mark 3, watch this. They had been with who? They had been with... See, they were uneducated and untrained men. They were fishermen. They were trained in that. But as far as being preachers and things like that and scholars, they were not. Did you know that being with Jesus can make up for a lack of education and a lack of training? Did you know that? But the lesson is they'd been with Jesus. And, 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 and you know what? There was a day, if you would have asked me, what was the coolest thing about being a disciple of Jesus? I would have answered this. I'm going to get to go out and preach under that anointing. Or I'm going to get to go out and use the power of God to heal people. Or I'm going to be able to go out and use the anointing of God to cast out demons. That's what I would have answered years ago. What's the coolest thing about being a disciple of Jesus? Preaching and healing and casting out demons. That's not the most important thing. Look at Mark 3.14. Then he, Jesus, appointed twelve that they might be with him. That they might be what? With With him. Now watch what comes after that. And that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. See, that's a part of it, but that is that, that preaching and that power to heal and that, 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 that casting out demons is secondary. What's the most important thing? That we are with Jesus, with Him. That need, let that sink in. There's something far more important than the power the anointing to preach or to heal sickness or cast out demons. It's that time 